0: I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. And I'm your host Kristen of Building a Life You Love. And each week we're going to talk to people that have redefined their lives and are going after their dreams. And we want to help you live your best life both personally and professionally. So let's get started. On today's episode, we're going to talk about defining success for yourself and how you go after what it is that you want and how we use intentional language in order to get those things. So here we go. Hi, I want to welcome Sarah Ariado to the show. She is a mindset facilitator who, who helps moms and leaders to be more mindful, strong, and resilient so that they can model that behavior to raise strong, independent daughters. And I wanted to welcome her to the show today.
1: Hi, thanks for having
0: me. Absolutely. So Sarah, I can't wait to have this conversation with you today about how we can use mindfulness and these different um, tools to help us in our, both our professional and our personal lives. But do you want to share a little bit about your background and your backstory with us before we get into some questions?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I started doing coaching with moms and leaders because a bulk of my career was spent being a change management consultant and Basically, what that does for people who aren't familiar is you get people excited or accepted, accepting the change that's imposed upon them. And an interesting fact about that is people that are um, in, imposed with change often experience the same emotions as those going through grief. So there's the the shutting down, the anger, you know, the the accepting, things like that. So a bulk of my career I just joke that I've been yelled at, <laughs> paid to get yelled at. Um, but during that time, I took a break where I went back to be a manager. And in the first eight months that I was there, I was able to increase the employee satisfaction morale by over 26%. And after I left, it dropped to over 30. So I started trying to figure out because I'm, I'm strategic and I'm an analyst and that's part of my job. Why was I so successful in that? Why did I turn things around and, and how can I take that to find something that fills me up? Because I was doing a great job for the people that I was working with, but my cup just wasn't full. It came easily to me, but I just wasn't excited about going to work. Mm-hmm. And what I figured out is that my corporate trainings and all of the knowledge that I received from my corporate life was great. The numbers and the productivity and the performance, but where I was finding passion and where I think my success is attributed to is my passions of mindfulness and being more self-aware and self-reflective and putting people first. And so that's really what I've done is try to combine those two aspects. So yes, we need productivity and performance, but we also need to understand that there's the human and people factor. And with that success that's come from that, I really want to give the gift to particularly moms to understand that we don't need to just follow one line. And there's not a one size fits all, but rather finding what works for us and then modeling that strong independent behavior so that we can raise our daughters to also feel and know that they can accomplish things by staying true to themselves.
0: I love that. That's fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about you made this transition into doing coaching with moms and, and also leaders? But what, what inspired you to redefine your life in these new terms? Was there a final shift or was it just sort of like you, you talked a little bit about that you realized you're working for someone else, but that you wanted to incorporate and infuse these other areas that maybe some of corporate is not doing?
1: Yes, exactly. So my job was fine. I have helped people even during my corporate time, you know, get raises and promotions and things like that with intentional language, but my corporate day-to-day just was not filling me up. Like I said it was it was really easy and I was successful and and those things are great, but my, the passion was lacking. I found that I very much need to help make a positive change. In people's lives. And I've gone through a lot of self-reflection and self-work that's helped me to be successful. So I started thinking again, with my strategic mind, how can I help others achieve that? How can I help others feel more fulfilled in life and be more successful? Whether that means leaving their, their nine to five job, or is it just a mindset shift or a couple of tweaks that we can do to enjoy your work more because quite frankly, we're at work more than we are with our families. That's where we spend a bulk of our time. So whether we want more flexibility, we want more money, or we just want to not dread going to work. I wanted to help others find that tool that they could use to be in a better place.
0: I love that. And so many people really do need help in that area, or at least like you said, tools and someone to guide them through that. Do you want to share with us a couple of those tools and techniques that you use and that people listening could apply to their own life or at least start digging into this content?
1: Yes, absolutely. So there's a couple of things that are really important and I'll just list a couple, but initially finding out what... You're dissatisfied with. So, is it money? Do you love your job? You love where you go to work, but you just feel undervalued or underappreciated or undercompensated. Then that's a pretty easy fix. Um, there's intentional language, and there's things that we can do to help guide them in asking the correct questions to their boss or their manager to to have that compensation. If it's that they're just done with work and they're not really excited about what they're doing, they really want a career change. Um, we need to identify that. So journaling or uh, worksheets, questionnaires, assessments, doing some self reflection to find out where exactly do you want to make that change? And then pinpointing how to do that. So if it's just that people are upset about going to work, they don't like their coworkers or they're just dreading the job. There's some mindfulness and self-reflection that we could do in terms of putting positive affirmations. I'm not a huge woo girl. I always joke that I'm a one to two wooer um, versus like a five, but I really do believe in you know positive affirmations and setting a positive outlook for the day. So I usually get up and I do a little bit of journaling. I call it gratitude journaling. So it preps me for the day to really envision how I want the day to go. And let's be real, real life happens. And it's not always sunshine and rainbows. I know that, but it does help me with being grounded and being adaptable to what's coming. I've also recently started doing meditation and I'm again, I have the corporate strategic mindset, so it's it's more of a just a quiet time to let myself regenerate and reflect so that I'm better able to deal with adversity or stressful situations or be more mindful when I'm talking to someone, maybe we have a, a disagreement or a difference of opinion, but it doesn't need to be ugly. You know, if you take that time for yourself to really reset and you're not go, go, go from one meeting to another, constantly late, no bathroom break, you're not as well equipped to deal with your family, your coworkers, your work. So you're not as productive. You're way more stressed. And I'm sure that negatively impacts how you feel about your job day to day. So there's a couple of tools that I have found helpful. Third one that I'll just mention really quickly is instead of focusing on things that happen to you trying to take it as something that's happening for you. So instead of thinking, oh, Janet's always yelling at me and, you know, she's got it out for me. She's trying to get me fired. Well, maybe Janet's having a bad day. Maybe Janet has a lot of stuff going on at home and it has nothing to do with you. So it's really being unattached from the situations or the outcome and taking a step back, not being so attached to what's going on and say, okay, Janet's got her own thing going on. I can only change myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna take a couple of deep breaths. I'm gonna give her a smile and I'm gonna go about my work because that's all I can do. I can't change Janet.
0: I think one way that I remember I mentored people or even when I was working for companies where I had, you know, a team of people that reported to me saying, we can only control internally, right, what's going on. If you let the external stimuli always fluster you, upset you, tick you off it's really hard to navigate through that. If everything that goes around, you know, like little fires are always going to come up. So we do have to sort of learn, okay, that's out here and those are going to happen, but it's how we, like you said, react to it. It's how we receive it. And then how we decide to process it and then deal with it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think that's interesting because a lot of the ladies that I work with, you know, they are working moms. And so because we spend a bulk of our day at work, they're they're having all those external stressors that are are really draining them and taking that time and attention and energy away. So by the time they get home, to be a positive role model for their kids, they're just trying to get by. They're trying to get dinner on the table and their kids' teeth brushed and off to bed so they can do their schoolwork tomorrow. And there's not really much joy left. There's no energy left. There's no purpose left at home. It's just mm-hmm. it's really more of a drain than a positive connection. And then that's what you're modeling for your kids, which no one wants to be doing, but we're all just trying to survive. So yeah, definitely um, carrying that into all aspects of life. It makes a huge difference.
0: And actually I do yeah. want to talk about that for a minute. I, you know, I think we, especially in the U S right in our culture or society, we are glamorizing being overscheduled, overworked, overbooked, worn out, tired and you know everybody just sounds exhausted at every second and do you have any thoughts on that as far as you know how do we try to get out of that trap because it is obviously one it's mindset right we're continuing to tell ourselves that repeat story and we're not changing our schedules to to address it but do you have any tips whether it's mindset tips or whether it's like actual schedule tips for people on how we address that
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny you bring that up. So I actually experienced that. So before I became a mom, my mindset was I was going to be the CEO, which I did. I opened a consulting company. I was a CEO. I did all sorts of things working 14, 16 hour days. And I bragged about it. I loved it because I love to work and I love to make a difference. And then I became a mom and everything changed. I sold my business. I stayed home for the first year which at home moms have way more of my respect because <laughs> yeah. I am not cut out for that. It's easier to work. But my mindset did change again. I thankfully had the tools and had been doing the self work to listen to myself and not keep going on the trajectory that I was going on and listening to the American culture where it glamorizes, you know, hustle, 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 work, work, work. That's the only way to get ahead. And After I had my daughter, I really did some work about what was my priority. What did I want to do? And after that year at home, I figured out that I don't want to be an at-home mom. I'm a much better mom when I have my own purpose and my own life. But I had to reset because I couldn't do the 14, 16-hour days with being a mom. I actually made more money, was more productive, and I worked probably half of what I did Prior to having a kid. And it's really because I use those tools to say, okay, what are my priorities? What can I change? How can I look at this? And how can I empower myself to make more or do more and be more productive, but, but really have the balance of work that I enjoy but my life and my home where I want to be, where I want to be spending my time. So before I started the coaching, I actually had negotiated a new contract with my then employer and was making more money. I gave them an outrageous number that I never thought that I would get. And I got it because I had showed my value, but I also upfront front told them, I'm not going to travel more than this amount. I have a child at home. I don't want to work, you know, 12, 14 hour days. I I set boundaries up front. And that I think is a big one for women. And it's something that I still continue to work on. I think it's an ever evolving tool is the boundaries because again, as women, you know, we're taught that we have to be everything. We have to be the working mom, but then we're judged by the stay at home moms and the stay at home moms are judged by the working moms. And you're supposed to do all of the things. And where are your boundaries? Where's your self-care? How do you refuel and take care of yourself so you can do the things? And so I think boundaries is a big one and setting upfront expectations really sets everyone up for success.
0: Right. And I think the other thing, and I'm sure you deal with some of this too, in the work you're doing is people at some point have to define what they want their life to look like. And part of that is your work life and your home life. So it might be how many hours a week are you willing to put into a job? You know, maybe you say, okay, maybe I can do 30 and still feel balanced to some extent, or I could do two days a week. I mean, it's different for everyone. What, Like you said, it depends on your financial goals. It depends on your personal goals, how much you need to be home with your family and all the other things. But I think if you write out that vision and that might change over time, because we do have different seasons, a lot of people just go, go, go. And they don't, Actually, even consider what they're moving towards as far as what they want it to look like and design that.
1: Yes, you are exactly right. Because as I mentioned, my previous job, I had given them a, a ridiculous number and I got it, but I, I still wasn't fulfilled. So now I'm making more money than I had ever made, but I was still searching and still, you know, looking for the next thing. And so I, I had to take a step back of what's my goal? I want to be successful, but what does success mean? Does success mean making a certain amount of money or does success mean that I can afford, you know, my bills, but I get to spend more time with my daughter and see her grow up and be around, you know, success is different for everyone. And until you really define what success is, and it's not just, I want to make, you know, $500,000 a year. Okay, great. What are you going to do with that time? And how much are you willing to spend? Do you want to work sixteen hours to make that much, or are you happy with a hundred thousand dollars and working two days a week, three days a week? Right. So yeah, it really depends on on the what and the why. You're right. Yeah,
0: yeah and I think the last thing about that point is I think we also have to. It's just like anything else in life. So we have life. We have to take inventory regularly. It might be quarterly. It might be biannually for people, but more than once, we're going to need to revisit what are our goals for our personal life, for our you know careers, what are our goals for like our, you know, like you said, our lifestyle and how the days look, it's something we need to keep revisiting because that's going to change over time.
1: Exactly. Yes. I know. The joke is that everybody needs a therapist or a coach. And, and I really agree. You need yeah. that one sounding board that helps you stay on track, to be accountable and yeah. to self-reflect so that you can keep updated with your goals because what you wanted 10 years ago may not be what you want today or, or 10 years from now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I would love to jump back to, you talked about how we can use intentional language in our lives to go after and define what we want and then ask for it. Do you want to maybe just talk on that a little bit more? Yeah, after?
1: absolutely. Some of the ladies that I've worked with have found that their discontent or areas of growth were around not feeling appreciated or being underpaid. Several of them were being paid less than what their male counterparts were even today. And so instead of just going to their boss and asking for a raise, which allows the boss to then say, no, I'm sorry, but we can't do that. It's really about how you frame it. So what I've worked with them on is come prepared. And then you know, you write down your accomplishments, you have in these cases, a couple of emails or evaluations and things like that, where they had good reviews. And then instead of asking, can I have a raise, you outline your accomplishments, you outline the value that you bring to your boss and the organization, as well as if you're a manager, you know, the people or the patients or whatever below you, and then say, I am worth $5 more an hour. What can we do to work on that. Don't say, can you work on that? Because again, it's a yes or a no, but what can you do to work with me on this? And then they might say, well, I can't give you $5 an hour. Okay. What can you do? What can you do for the value? And you know, a little secret that I don't think a lot of people know, it's very expensive to fire, advertise, hire, and train new people. It's yeah. much less expensive to keep especially quality people. So, you know, if you're not showing up to work on time or you're sleeping at your desk, I'm sorry, this is not for you, <laughs> but if you are doing the things you're supposed to, and you're bringing value, it's much, much less expensive and in the company's best interest to keep you. So there's definitely something that can be done and it may not be the $5 an hour raise, but maybe it's that you work from home post COVID. Cause I know a lot of us are working from home right now, but post COVID, maybe you continue working from home, or maybe you have more vacation. or maybe there's, you know, something else that interests you volunteer days that you can negotiate in there, but it's definitely in your best interest to ask. And really the best situations are if you're renegotiating contracts or you're interviewing for jobs, never, ever, ever take the first offer. I I read a book years and years ago, and I I tried it. I think it was about 20 years ago. I, I tried it just for fun. I was happy with what the offer was, but I said, no, I want 15% higher. And I got 10. That's 10% I wouldn't have gotten had I not asked. And I was fine with the first number, but what a loss. And I think that is something we get stuck with or stuck in. And
0: especially women, I think we do think like, oh, this was what was offered to me. So I need to take it. Like, oh my gosh, I think there's a scarcity mentality there, right? There's some fear in that. I think that's a really good point. First of all, we'll never get it if we don't ask. So we need to ask and we need to not be afraid of asking. We need to, like you said, the worst that can happen, you know, if you're doing a job in your job or you're working with a company and you're a consultant is they'll compromise with you. So you'll still probably have an upside to that.
1: Exactly. I think that's,
0: that's great.
1: Yeah. I, I grew up where if it was a job, you took it. That was the mindset. And you're right. right with the scarcity. It's a job. You take it. You're lucky to have it. Mm-hmm. You do all the things and um, and you're just fortunate to have what you have. But when I started self-reflecting and doing all of this growth work, I have never gotten a no. Never. I've always gotten something as a compromise. It may not be what I asked for, but it's always more than what was initially offered. And they do that on purpose because it's it's HR's job Mm -hmm. to get the best talent at the lowest price. That's their job, Mm -hmm. but it's in their best interest to get the best talent. So they have some negotiation room expecting that you're going to ask. And if if you don't ask, it's really shame on you because they have that leeway. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that'll be really helpful to a lot of people. On that note, let me ask this last question before we find out how people can reach out to you and follow you and, you know, any other goodies that you have to share with them. Someone might hear this and say, oh, I just, I don't know. I mean, I just had a conversation with a woman the other day on a discovery call or an old boss of hers is starting a new company. And She said, oh, well, I said, I wouldn't take it because they, they overwork you because it's their industry. But, and I said, well, what, what would, but I liked working for him and she has a current job. And basically we had this conversation where I said, well, why don't you just ask, for more money, set hours so you won't work into the evenings, less hours, and say you need an assistant because money wasn't an issue with this industry. That wasn't the problem. And she was kind of like, I can't. That's not what they do. And I said, but they are they are I already asked you to take the job. You already told them no. And they said, don't say no yet. I said, you have the leverage. I said, all that they can do is either compromise or say no, but you've already said you're not taking the job. But but we're stuck in that fear and that mindset. Do you have any suggestions for how do we gain confidence that we can go after more and that we should ask for more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So an exercise that I found really helpful for myself and my clients on this is I love pros and cons. That's the strategic part of me. I can't get rid of that part of the brain, but what are the pros of saying yes? And what are the pros of saying no? What are the cons of saying yes? And what are the cons of saying no? And oftentimes, once we write it down and it's visual, a lot of us are are visual learners, visual visualization to retain information. Once we actually write it down, it becomes real. It becomes truth, even though it may not have facts behind it. So if we write down those four boxes, those four columns of pros of yes, pros of no, cons of yes, cons of no, and we visualize what's actually there. Oftentimes we come to the realization that we're just standing in our own way. It's the thoughts in our head that are getting on our way. But when we look at the facts that are on the paper, when we actually write down the benefit of saying yes is okay, I have the job and I'm overworked. The con is that I don't have a job. Well, I've, in this particular case, she already said, no, there really is no con then because They either don't give in and she's already turned down the current offer, or she asks for the world and she gets exactly what she wants. Probably it's going to be somewhere in the middle, but then she still has the power to decide, is that good enough? Not is she good enough, but is that good enough?
0: That's great. I think uh, that'll be helpful. That example and illustration to a lot of people. So let us know where can we find you online and how can people reach out to you?
1: Yes. Thank you. So Instagram at we inspire connection. Um, I also am just starting with this whole social media thing. I typically get referrals through word of mouth, but I'm starting a new Instagram called mama's words matter. So that's new. Feel free to follow. I've only got a couple posts on there, but um, yeah, working on that. And then I'll be starting a podcast. I'm hoping to launch it this June, this summer, um, which will be called no shoulds given. So it's meant to empower women to get rid of the shoulds in our life and start making room for a life that we love.
0: I love that. Well, we'll definitely share in the podcast notes, the information to be able to you know, reach out to you on Instagram and that other information as it becomes available. So thank you so much for being with us today. I know it's going to be great information and help a lot of people.
1: Thank you, Kristen. Great to talk to you.
0: And I would just leave you with this. I think some of the biggest takeaways from my conversation with Sarah today are what does success mean to you in your current season of life and being clear about what that is and how you go after it. And then replacing, can I, for instance, can I have a raise with what can we do to work on this? What can we do to work on increasing my income to match my value? So I would just say replace the language, right? So have intentional language in what you want and how you ask for it. And I would say we have to understand and believe we bring value and great worth to the company or the clients we work with. And if we're going to ask for something more or a change, whether it's more time, more income, We have to believe that we are worthy of that and that we're deserving of that. Because until we believe it, until we show up at the table or into the conversation, truly believing that about ourselves, no one else is going to believe it. So we have to go understanding the value and the worth that we bring. And we've got to believe it and feel it and live it. And when we do and we show up and ask for those things, you're going to see big changes happen. But you have to believe it first. So determine what it is you need to be different in your life. Define that. And then go after it because it's up to you to define life on your terms. And it's up to you to move from the past and into the future possibilities. And they are bright. You just have to step into them. And if you're ready to go after your dreams and define life on your terms, head on over to kristenfitch.com and schedule a free 30-minute discovery call with me so you can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.